You're listening to audio from Redwood Baptist Church. If you need any more information about us, go to weareredwood.org. We hope that the message that you're about to hear will strengthen you, encourage you, and make you more like Jesus. Blessings. This series on uh, just different topics here at 10 o'clock. And I entitled the series, Lies That Are Shaping Our World. Lies that are shaping our world. We've gone over uh, all, different, all different kinds of lies. We started with the lie that you can believe whatever you want. Just as long, you, know, you, you just be sincere, but, but, but just, just believe whatever you want. And that's shaping uh, the world in which we live. Our secular society has been pumping that for literally uh, just decades and decades now, really h- hundreds of years. And then that also led to uh, the lie that, that life is simply just a roll of the dice. It's simply just, it's simply just random. It just, it just happens. When you begin to uh, buy into all of the different uh, type of isms out there and uh, that we went through, I won't, I won't um, go through those uh, here this morning, then you come to the conclusion that life's just simply random. That, that, that there is no God and there is a God. He doesn't really care about what's going on and things are just... Uh, by chance, and then that kind of th- th- that kind of led into a direction of where what about all the suffering? What about all the hardships in our world? Uh, if life isn't just random, and uh, that God is sovereign and that He's in control, and so then we uh, da- began to deal with the lie of that if God is real and if God is good, then why all the suffering? That's a lie that's shaping our world. There's no way there can be God. There's no way that he cares. There's no way that he's real. There's no way that he loves because of, and you can fill in the blank with all of the suffering in the world. And then we discuss the lie of our good outweighs our bad, right? So there's this cosmic, you know, scale out there, and you've got to make sure that your good is exceeding your bad. And we looked at it in Scripture, and we left feeling great because we saw how bad we are in our sin, and then how great Christ is and His righteousness. And that's what tips the scales. It's only Christ. It's not our good deeds and our metrics. And then we also uh, looked at how a couple weeks ago, this was actually on our anniversary uh, Sunday when Brother Tomlinson had literally was sick and had lost his voice. And so uh, I taught on uh, the, the lie of how tolerance is the is the greatest of virtues. It's, it's the most noblest, you know, how tolerant. Hey, just, just tolerate everything. And uh, we talked about that, where uh, there are some certain things that you and I, we are to live, if we can, peaceably with all men, but there's going to be times where we can't, where uh, the lines have been crossed, where clear-cut, you know, scriptural things. We're not talking about preferences and stuff like that, but where we can go to scripture, where it's black and white, um, then you and I, we ought to be willing to divide on those things. And then a few weeks ago, we looked at the the goal of life is personal happiness. That you and I, uh, you know, it's all about uh, as long as as long as we're happy, as long as you're enjoying things. And instead, we looked at how your life and my life ought to be shaped by the glory of God. And we looked at many, many different ways of how we can glorify God. We definitely did not exhaust that topic. Well, we're going to get to a new lie here uh, this morning. How many of you have ever heard 
this line, you've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. I mean, have you ever heard that before? You've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Uh, that is a kind of a well-worn cliche, uh, so to speak, but, it, but it, still, it still lands a punch. Our possessions and earthly achievements cannot follow us out of this world. We're going to, again, this is more of a topical study, so we're going to kind of be all over uh, the map here this morning, and then at 11 we'll get back into our verse by verse through Mark. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, please. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Our possessions and earthly achievements, they cannot follow us out of this world. The Apostle Paul, he made that point uh, abundantly clear in his first epistle here to Timothy. Look what it says in verse number 7 of 1 Timothy 6. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. So you and I, we came into this world, I don't mean to be inappropriate, you came into this world with nothing but your body, right? Okay, you didn't come in with anything. Uh, and uh, cute little cute little babies, and uh, the Duns had a wonderful, beautiful baby girl uh, this week. I can't wait to see her. I've been out, and so I'm thankful for Mike and his ministry to you all. Uh, but it, I want to, it's my time, time coming up here soon. And so, but that brought nothing in. Nothing into this world. And so Paul says, it is certain that you and I can carry nothing out. So now you and I do not have to be a believer to willingly concede to Paul's point. Every single funeral provides a sobering and self-evident reminder that nothing goes with them. They, that, that, that casket is full of a, a, a dead body. And I'm not trying to stomp on anybody's grave, but but, but they're not there. They're either in heaven or they are in hell, according to uh, the, the, the Word of God, of course. But our actions and our attitudes regularly betray what we all know to be true about material possessions. While you and I may not verbalize it the way the lie that I'm about to express, that our lives usually speak loud enough or louder when it comes to materialism. And here's, and here's the lie that I believe is shaping our world. It's shaping not only unbelievers, it is shaping believers, it is shaping churches and our area certainly, and it is this. What you own has lasting value and you are defined by what you own. The lie is, is that what you own has lasting value and that you are defined, your identity is wrapped up in what you have and what you own. And so let me start off this morning by kind of dealing with this lie. As you're in and about with people and you're talking with them and you are experiencing this in their lives and maybe even in our lives, I can certainly attest to it as well at times. Okay, number one, the futility of greed. The futility of greed. Jesus warned about the emptiness of materialism. He warned about the futility of this self-focused accumulation. Turn to Luke chapter number 12, please. Luke chapter 12. Like I said, it's good to be home. Love you all. Luke chapter 12.
Look at verse number 15. Luke chapter number 12. And he said unto them, Take heed, verse 15, Luke 12, verse 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life, notice this, consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thy knees, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Now fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? In other words, so you're going to be gone, and all this stuff is going to remain. Verse number 21. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself is not and is not rich toward God. Okay, so when you and I understand Jesus is not teaching against nice things, he's not teaching against the even accumulation of things. There's nothing in and of itself wrong with those things of having beautiful things. I mean, all of us desire, you know, and God's given us, we've talked about this in the past, He's given us a desire to work, He's given us a desire to create, He's given us common graces for you and I to enjoy. And so there's nothing wrong in and of that. It's, it's when there's a false balance, when there is a, when, when we're finding our identity in something other than Christ, something other than what he has called us and has called us out to be. And so we've got to be very careful that a man's life, he says, it doesn't consist in the abundance of things that they possess. So Jesus is saying, hey, hey, your identity is not connected in what you have. Your identity is not connected to your car. Your identity is not connected to your clothes. Your identity is not connected to your house. Your identity is not connected to your um, relational status. All of the things that the world kind of pumps at you, and it's kind of crazy. We're uh, July 4th, and uh, just, or we're past July 4th now, and just give it, just give it a few months. You're already going to see Christmas stuff. I mean, I don't mean to discourage you, but it's coming, all right? And it's just already going to begin to happen, right? Why? Because there's this consumerism that's in our country, and it's a, it's a lie that is, that, that is shaping us, that we are somehow connected to our possessions, connected to our stuff, And so the last sentence there in verse 21, so he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. That's kind of the conclusion of the matter of the parable that he shared there uh, is really applies to everyone who pursues earthly riches instead of storing up treasure in heaven. Turn to Matthew 6, Matthew chapter number 6. Jesus is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount, 5, 6, and 7. Look, verse 20, excuse me, verse number 19 of Matthew 6. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So let me say this. The location of a person's treasure reveals the true condition of his or her heart. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, where his treasure is, there will his 
heart be also, right? So again, there's nothing wrong with nice stuff. If you were to go out there, I'd be happy to show you my, 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 my vehicle that, that, that I drive. And I, I love the vehicle that I drive. It's a Jeep. It has, it has leather. It has Bluetooth. Hallelujah. Man, I just had a rental car. Or I, Have you ever heard of a company called Turo where you can rent from somebody else and their Bluetooth wasn't working? Ay, ay, ay. How do you live life without Bluetooth? How spoiled am I? I get it. Okay? And so there's nothing, there's nothing wrong in and of that self. But what we've got to be careful is, what are we, what are we treasuring? Where, what, what, what is our treasure? Obviously, you know, it's the things that, that we long for and we last, and certainly you can apply money into that. But I believe it's bigger than just our bank account. Often you'll say, hey, you know, show me your bank account, your bank ledger, and I'll show you where your heart is. I think there's definitely, there, there's truth to that. But listen, there's more than that. What are we, what are we, treasuring what are we what are we valuing and that will show us where our heart is it reveals whether we have more of a love for ourselves and our possessions or a love for god okay on where on where our heart and these passions are it reveals whether we worship material things or whether we worship god whether we seek fulfillment in this life or in the life to come whether we store up treasure on earth only to be only to lose it forever or to store up treasure in heaven and keep it forever. So do not assume that believers are immune to the life of to the lie of materialism. God's people need to routinely search their lives to make sure that they have not succumbed to also the deception that is being shaped by our world. Let me test your heart real quick. I don't have my phone on me, uh, but um, how about what what goes through your heart? I, I, I think there's a I think there's a balance with all of this. I think you try to I think you've learned that about me. There's a balance to some of the, even the illustrations I'm about to give. But what goes through your heart when you're when you drop your phone into the water? Right? I mean, again, again, it's not like yes. It's ridiculous, okay? When we say count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, okay, no, 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 no. It's not like we're celebrating, yes, my phone went into the water. That's ridiculous, okay? But, I mean, have, have, you, have you seen the cost of these new iPhones? I mean, right? If that's what you have, maybe you have an uh, Android, we'll pray for you. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Oh, man, should not have gone there, okay? Uh, but, you know, what, what goes through your heart, when you come out to your car and there's a brand new huge dent in the door because some, I don't want to call them a name, just didn't even care, right? What goes through here, right? I mean, come on, I'm not, I cannot be the only one. You know, you get a big old ding in your door and say, well, I, I got a car from the, I got a car from the 70s, I don't care. God, Lord bless you, okay? But I just, right? Or how about when your 401k, like literally went in half about a decade or so ago? All of a sudden, again, I mean, we shouldn't be like, yes, I'm not saying that. But test your heart. What, what happens when, when things like that, you know, when you have a brand new outfit that you spent good money on and you spill something on it and there's grease all over, what goes on in the heart? I'm not saying, again, there's a balance with it. You can be upset, you, but... But is it like this sunkenness? Like, oh, because if our identity is connected to those things, then we will find that 
our joy that should be a deep-seated reality in the Spirit of Christ within us, then, you know, we, we, we lose that joy. Um, so how, how do we respond? Listen, God is not interested in fractions of our hearts or even the majority share. You know, there are not, there are not acceptable degrees of materialism and greed. There really isn't. Look, keep, if you're there, Matthew 6, look at verse number 24. This again, Christ speaking, Sermon on the Mount. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and desire the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Do we need to eat? Yes. Do we need to have clothes? Yes. Do we need to have a you know, roof over our head? Yes. And should we pray for those that don't? Absolutely. Your hearts ought to be moved by the poverty that is in our area and the homelessness that's in our area. And, and let's not be the high, the high, prouded one and say, well, you know, they chose that. And then, wait, wait a minute, you don't know that. Okay? And so our heart ought to break over those types of things. But, you know, you and I, if we are only living for that and we are not also living for God, if we're not also having treasures that are being stored up to God, that's, the, that's kind of the dichotomy. Some people shrink the heavenly so they can have more of the earthly. Listen, all that's going to go by, and all that's going to last is what is, of course, there in heaven and that we've given, and that we've given over. So ultimately, our allegiance lies with God or with the fleeting riches of this world. Jesus says we can't, we can't have it both ways. Now here's what I also know. It doesn't mean that you make a one-time decision today. Hey, I'm not going to be, you know, um, all about materialism and then it's good for the rest of your life. No, no, this is a moment by moment, day by day battle that you have. So you could be doing great today and then tomorrow you can need to be rescued by Jesus. That's the constant pursuit and that's the constant, you know, uh, coming back to the cross day in and day out. And so you are going to struggle with this. I am going to struggle with this. And, but we, you and I, we've got to realize that there's this, there, there is this battle, okay? We can't, uh, we, we can't have it both ways. We can't just say, hey, I'm serving God and myself all at the same time. You're either doing one or the other. And know that. Acknowledge that. And it's a lie that the world is pumping out there. Hey, it all, you, you are what you have. That, that is where your identity is wrapped up into. But it's futile. Greed is absolutely a uh, futile thing. We always want more. We always want another dollar. We always want this and that. It's never enough. And I think our lives are a testament to the truth of that, that we always want something else. You come back from vacation and you want to go on another one. Okay, I get that. All right? I experienced that this week, although I do love being home. I promise you that. Number two, eternal investments and heavenly guarantees. Eternal investments and heavenly guarantees. As a guard against materialism, God's people need to remember that eternal riches are not a consolation prize. Let me say that again. You and I, we've got to realize that eternal riches, they're not just a consolation prize. You know, sometimes if we're not careful... Christians can have this mentality. Well, I got nothing on this earth, but I sure got it up in heaven. Like as if that's not the much greater thing is our riches that we have in Christ 
and in heaven. Jesus provided this this ironclad guarantee on the security of a heavenly account, so to speak. Uh, We already read this. Lay not for yourselves treasures upon earth. What does he say? Where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. That's verse 19 of Matthew 6. Verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So how do we, how do we change our investment strategy? How do we, how, how do we look to uh, eternity? How do we not buy into uh, the world's lie that we've got to accumulate and accumulate? And please do not feel like I'm preaching against your stuff because I'm not. But it's a mentality. It's a it's a lifestyle. It's a it's it's a process of how we live our lives. How do we begin to amass true riches of lasting value? Well, it's going to be evident in the way we steward our possessions, the way we steward our abilities. So the antidote to foolishness, the antidote to sinful and materialistic greed, is to use what God has given us for His glory, which. Two weeks ago, I gave us, I don't know, 10 different ways that you and I can live for His glory. So these are kind of going together and then also for the benefit of others, right? If you give a cup of water in Jesus' name, right? So you use what God has blessed you with for His honor and for His glory. How awesome it is it to use your beautiful home to be hospitable to other people, Right? To be able to use what God has blessed you with, with a uh, just to helping other people, to providing for your family. Every single time you put food on that table for your family, you're glorifying God and you are benefiting others. And so sometimes we only think pastors start going into Matthew six and they start talking about treasures. And ultimately, here's what people think: He's trying to influence the offering plate. No. Now, if God wants you to give more, give more. Amen? Oh, that was kind of weird. I'm just kidding. See, now you probably think I'm trying to influence. I'm not. It's not even about that. That is a portion of it. But it's, it, it, it's, it's so much bigger. Are we going to live for ourselves? Are we going to live for our enjoyment? Here's what, I, here's what I can attest to. The tighter I hold on to things, the more things seem to go wrong. I just don't know how to explain it other than that. I'm not that old, right? Thank you. All right. But in my short, very short, 38 years, because I mean, that's young. I can't believe you guys would even have trusted me in my 20s back in the day. But 38, in my 38 years, all I know is that the, the tighter I hold on to it, the more that I live for myself, the more that I consume things on my own lusts and my own pleasures, which the world says that's all there is, and I'm not heavenly minded, if I'm not seeking first the kingdom of God, if I'm not in every one of my relationships saying, all right, how is Christ going to be, be, be glorified in this? Then I find that it's just, number one, it's not satisfying or things just don't, work out the way that I want it to and I tend to be miserable when you and I all we've got to do and I've, we've gone verse by verse through Ephesians study chapter 1 and you learn everything you have in Jesus Christ man you and I as a believer in Christ 
we can be joyful today, no matter what our circumstances are. But when we buy into the lie that it's connected to stuff and it's connected to our bank account, it's connected to our relational status, it's connected to all of that, then what happens is we're not satisfied in Christ. Jesus isn't enough. And we're constantly on the pursuit to try to make ourselves happy. And so you and I, we, the, the antidote to this type of thing is to use everything that God has given you for His glory. And there's a lot of ways that He wants you to use that even on yourself for His glory and for the benefit of others. A joyful willingness to use all that we have for God's glory is an outward sign of a genuine belief in Him. Ultimately, God-honoring actions are the fruit of true faith in Him and in His promises. And it is our faith that gives us access to God's heavenly riches. Let me give you number three, just real, real, real quick. And then we'll spend some time here b- b- before church, hopefully getting to know someone new, fellowship in a little bit. What we believe has lasting value. What we believe has lasting value. Cars break down. Houses crumble. Jewelry fades and tarnishes. That doesn't mean that we don't buy our spouse's jewelry, gentlemen. <clears throat> All the ladies said, amen. Okay, I'm, I'm preaching against that. But those types of things, they fade and they tarnish. None of the possessions this world so desperately craves can last. But what does last? What does have eternal value? And that's what you believe. Your faith, not your paycheck, is the ultimate test of eternal riches. No amount of money can buy any joy in our lives. Remember what I said. I believe joy is a deep-seated, deep-seated reality of who you are in Christ. And so I believe what the world is actually seeking is just happiness happiness and you know happiness man that just goes like this right but a deep-seated joy is a reality of i believe a believer's life of christ in us for the fruit of the spirit is love joy him living out us so the eternal riches are actually found in your identity in christ your identity is not in what you wear and what you drive and what your house looks like and how big or how small we are or how muscular or how scrawny we are. And again, we ought to take care of ourselves, right? I'm not, don't go too far with these things. All right, we ought to, we ought to try to make ourselves presentable. Okay, I'm, I, I, I'm not going that far. But listen, that's not our identity. That's not who you are. All of that stuff is going to be fleeting. But the fact that you are accepted in the beloved, that you are holy before God, that you are fully loved and fully known, that is your reality. And your, your belief is what will change everything for eternity. Our faith in Christ, no one can take that from us. Nothing can gain that apart from faith in Him. Jesus, He's getting ready to... He's getting ready to die. He's in the upper room with his disciples and he's giving them some last minute teaching and he, he's telling them, you know, don't let your heart be troubled. 
you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house or many mansions, and so on. And he talks about, you know, kind of those heavenly riches often that we seek for down here. And he's like, I go to prepare a place for you. You go to Revelation, you read all about it. It's a beautiful, awesome, amazing place that you and I can't even fully comprehend or describe down here. And he says, hey, you guys know where I'm going. You know how to get there. And Thomas, I love Thomas. Thomas is such a bad rat, but I love me some Thomas. He's like, hey, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and we don't know how to get there. You and I would have asked the same question. Lord, where are you going? And then wherever you're going, we have no clue how to get there. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And so your belief that you have in Christ, you, the reality, this deep-seated joy that, that you have in Him, listen, that is what goes on to eternity. Eternal riches are only available through belief in Christ. And so if you and I, if we take Him at His word, we can be sure that He is preparing this amazing, everlasting place for us to dwell securely in His presence. I don't want your homes to get broken into this week, but it can happen. I don't want it to happen. Man, there was a big old huge booger that broke into my house this week. He was about this big. He had about a tail, I don't know, about that long. Oh, my, 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 my. We, we decided, hey, we want our house clean before we leave on vacation. That's like what makes Sarah's vacation so nice when she'd come home to a clean house. So we worked super hard on that. My nieces came with us, and we walk into the house. I'm out back in the van, and I hear screams when we walk in. Anybody want to come over for lunch today? We'll be eating out. And I mean, <laughs> white flour. I mean, just all kinds of stuff everywhere all over our house. I don't wish that upon any of you all. But you know what? You could, we could have walked in that home and all of our stuff could have been taken too. And we were thankful that, you know, that our stuff, you know, it was just mass. Hard to sleep, man. Woo! It's gross. Why did I tell you all that? That did have a purpose, you know, to make you laugh. But I don't want, I don't want your homes to get broken into today. I don't want thieves to break through and steal. I don't want moth. and I don't want that to happen, but the reality is, is that it does happen. But you and I, nothing can take your heavenly, eternal riches. And so how are you sowing into those? I'd encourage you this week, I'd encourage you, pick up, starting Monday morning, pick up the book of Ephesians and begin to read what you are in Christ and sow into that reality of who you are in Christ. Sow into that. Remind yourself of the riches that you have in Jesus Christ and in His Spirit, His amazing fruit and riches flowing out of you. Nobody can take that, no matter what kind of week you have this week. No matter if you get a pink slip, we're going to talk about, uh, when we jump back into Mark here uh, at 11 o'clock, man, these, these disciples, they've left everything to follow Jesus Christ. Now they find themselves on a very, very stormy Sea of Galilee in Jesus' sleep. Hello, what? And nothing can take the eternal riches that you have in Jesus Christ. Hey, save and buy a car. Go for it. But don't connect your identity to that. 
save and buy a, a pair of shoes that you want, okay? But don't tap your or tie your identity to that. We get it? The world says, hey, it's in all this stuff. That's who you are. It is a lie from Satan, and it's creeped into our churches. It's creeped into our families. And listen, it is killing us of our joy, robbing us of our effectiveness. We walk around miserable because we're not in, we're not sowing to, the, we're not taking our, the treasures that we have in Christ. We're not laying those up in heaven. Instead, we are, we're very earthly minded rather than kingdom minded. Turn to Philippians 3 and we'll be done this morning. Philippians chapter number 3. You and I, we need to join with the Apostle Paul and we need to set our hearts on the future and our Savior that's been secured and prepared for us. Philippians 3, verse number 7. Philippians chapter 3. Man, Philippians 3 is super good. You might go through that here in the near future. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but, but dung that I may win Christ. If you were to go earlier up in the chapter, we probably should have, man, G, Paul, he's got, he's got all the credentials. Man would have looked to him and he would have been like, wow. And he's saying, none of that matters. And he says in verse number 9, and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Can I encourage you to cling to who you are in Jesus Christ here this morning? Cling to it. Allow that to shape your life. Allow that to realize that's what's going to go on into eternity. The fact that you're loved and that you're accepted in the beloved and that you are that you're holy, that you're blameless. Those eternal riches and truths of who you are in Jesus Christ. And what that will do is that will change how you live your day-to-day -day life. And absolutely will. It's not just semantics. It's not just a power of positive thinking. It's not. It'll actually literally change everything, every action to where, okay, I want to do this for the glory of God. And guess what? As you do that for the glory of God, boom, treasure in heaven. Do that for the glory of God, boom, treasure in heaven. Glory for God, boom, treasure in heaven. And when the offering plate goes by, yeah, it's a treasure in heaven. But don't think that's all we're talking about. It's every moment of every single day living for kingdom, living for Christ, living for His glory, often, often through others. And what you'll find is, is that you'll have all the possessions that you need because you won't be see you won't get wrapped up into the worldly mindset of having to have more 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 and you will be a christian you will be a man or woman that is a believer i i, I believe that is the key to contentment to satisfaction is christ 100 percent that you will be able to live your life in a fashion that is honoring and glorifying to god so let's not believe that lie that you are what you have well i don't have anything so i'm nothing that's ah, a big, huge lie. Because if you have Jesus, you have everything. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.